Welcome to today's Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. I'm your host, Dory DiCarlo, and you know we are here week after week, show after show, just breaking those myths that mompreneurs and business women, especially those of us building our businesses from home, that we're just dabbling in between bake sales and getting our nails done. We're not. We are smart, we are savvy, and we are sharing the wisdom of women in business and in life. And I'm excited because today we have two amazing women joining us to share their newest book. Colleen Avis and Lisa Rankin are the co-authors of Sacred Spaces, Subtle Shifts for Mind, Body, and Home Transformation. Sacred Spaces is now a number one new release on Amazon and has been honored with the International Award from Books for Peace in 2022. What an honor. Colleen is an award-winning number one best-selling author and certified Chopra life coach. She guides her clients through their unique journeys towards wholeness and purpose. She owns Subtle Shifts and previously worked in Europe and the U.S. as a management consultant for 16 years. She is the founder of the nonprofit Be Brave and Shave, raising $1.5 million to endow the first pediatric oncology chair at Children's National Hospital. She has been profiled in Wellness and Wisdom Magazine, Modern Luxury DC, and Arlington Magazine. Lisa Rankin is an exceptional business leader, number one best-selling author, proficient marketing expert, and globally recognized brand media strategist. Currently, Lisa is the executive vice president at Fortune Media Group, Inc., where she spearheads programming for Shark Discoveries and As Seen on TV.pro with prominent host Kevin Harrington, the original shark from the Emmy Award-winning TV show Shark Tank. And I'll say on a personal note, I'm lucky enough to have Lisa as a friend in real life and getting to meet Colleen today on our show. So, ladies, welcome to Word of Mom Radio. Thank you for having us. We're so excited. Thank you so much, Dory. This is going to be fun, Lisa. (laughs) Oh, I'm loving it already. Love your energy, Dory. (laughs) Uh, You know what? I'm excited because this is really a powerful book. I actually just left a review on Amazon. And I'm going to start right off. I'm going to ask Colleen first, what did you learn about yourself writing your story? Well, first of all, thank you for having me and thank you for leaving a review. It matters. We appreciate that. We really appreciate that. You know, what I really learned about myself is that I'm braver than I thought. And that might shock people that know me because I come off as being quite extroverted and brave. And really, I think that's my tool for masking my introvertedness and my, oh my goodnessness, right? Like, can I really do this? So I really did feel a sense of like bravery come over me and, and that being an author is not for the lighthearted. You know, there's a, there's a quote from Cheryl Sandberg and she says, 
you'll be defined not by just what you achieve, but how you've survived it. <laughs> and so, you know, I would probably, I would probably say that with kindness and grace in which you showed up and delivered is also part of that, that bravery. So I think that's kind of one of the external things that I learned about myself. The story itself, you know, I really learned that I had some additional forgiveness work to do. Uh, if I'm being really honest, you know, I think when people read the chapter, they might think, oh my gosh, she's brave and she forgave and all these things. Well, I will tell you that during the writing process and before publishing, finally, um, I made the official step of letting my father know that I only had love for him, my best wishes and forgiveness uh, in my heart for him through a letter. Um, I don't have a relationship with him. Um, but this writing the story actually really brought to the forefront that I was holding on to some things that um, weren't allowing me to be really open and transparent with myself. I have not seen him in over 30 years. I don't expect to or need to, but I needed to be sure that I shared with him that there was forgiveness, really like whole forgiveness in, in this process for me. So really that's what I feel like I, I personally learned from, from my story. And Lisa, what about you? Well, thank you, Colleen, for always being so raw. I really appreciate learning that because I think we all need to have more forgiveness in our heart, and it's not always easy. For me, writing is a catharsis, and it's also a discipline. It really um, it teaches you about yourself, and it allows you to go deep within. So when you're writing your story with authenticity and giving yourself permission to be real and raw and vulnerable, you have your own epiphany. You realize your own personal and spiritual growth. And for me, I was able to get comfortable with what was once uncomfortable to speak about. I also think that you become very much aware that you're not defined by your past, but that the lessons have taught you many, many things to make you stronger, more compassionate, empathetic. And I could say it stoked my desire to want to share what I've learned with others because any way it re my message resonates with them and helps to inspire them, then I feel like I've, I've paid it forward. And that's very important to me. You know, I have to say, as somebody who my father and I had a very interesting relationship, the first 10 years of my life, I was the apple of his eye and then found out when I was about 12 who he really is mm -hmm. or was. And was the dutiful daughter in the sense of, yes, daddy, as long as all I ever said was, yes, daddy, we got along great. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I became a mom and my father yelled at me in front of my children once as we were doing some work for him. And I said to my son and daughter, because my oldest wasn't there, just my younger son and my daughter. I was like, you know, go back down to Aunt Ginny's because we're getting ready to go. So say bye-bye to Pop-Up. And after they left, I was like, I don't know who you think you are, but don't you ever speak to me in front of my children like that. I drew that line. In my father's later life, he had dementia, then Alzheimer's, and my brothers, because I cared for him until he died. And they were like, why would you even do that, considering the way he was? And I said, you know, when it comes down to it, I just want to be on the side of the lambs, not the goats. And it took my father going into dementia. I then became the apple of his eye again. And that's how we could tell if he was having a good day when he didn't want to talk to me. I've got to say to her, I'd say to my aunt, oh, he's having a good day. And then through this pandemic, you know, he had Alzheimer's. He was actually in a facility, lost him in May of 2020 to this pandemic. And I was the voice that got him to, to eat and to sleep. I would sing to him over the phone. 
and calmed him down. And it was a good death. It was a quiet death. He died in his sleep. But it was funny because one of the chapters, Dr. Sam, and I can't remember his last name, he starts out that I'm an adult orphan. And I remember waking Mm. up that next day and feeling like I'm an orphan because I lost my mom 29 years ago. But yeah, March, May 9th of 2020, I woke up that I was an orphan. It was a strange feeling. But, you know, for me, I had forgiven my father so long ago. I realized when I was 19 that I could love him because he's my daddy, but I didn't have to like him as a person at all. And that was the epiphany for me. Well, to have that peace in your heart, to have that peace in your heart when the, the, the life of, you know, as you know it with them comes to an end. It's, it's funny, as I was writing my letter of forgiveness to him, I had forgiven him, but he didn't know that, right? Um, it, and, and I'll be really honest and say, part of it felt selfish, right? Like a piece for myself to, to write that letter of forgiveness. But then another piece of it felt full circle, right? Like, like you're explaining and saying it's, it's, it is an energy exchange to allow everyone to have an opportunity to feel whole, forgiven, loved, and appreciated. So I appreciate that story, Dory, um, and, and you sharing that. It's, um, and I'm sorry to hear about the passing of your dad. You know, Same here. It, I'm it, an orphan too, but I have big daddy, my stepdaddy, who's with me, and he encourages me and has become my biggest cheerleader like my mom once was and she'll be gone three years in 2019 and you know it's um it's difficult but we know that for me there really is no death it's just an energy transfer to another Mm -hmm. realm and I believe we'll all meet up one day again when it's our time to go but while we're here on this earth let's not take anything for granted and let's realize the precious moments and the people in our lives and you know, everybody makes mistakes and call them what you will, learning lessons, mistakes, dark out. I call them dark alleys sometimes that I wish I didn't <laughs> walk down, but they're learning lessons for us and they really do stretch us and hopefully they make us better people. You know, that is the perfect lead in to this next question. I want to ask each one of you, what does sacred space mean to you? Mm-hmm. You know, I've been asked that. <laughs> I've been asked that question a couple of times, and I think it meant something different before the book than it means now. Prior to the book, I believe wholeheartedly, um, and Lisa was indicating this, you know, that that everything is connected via energy. And and I do believe our minds, our bodies, our homes, individually and collectively are all intertwined and that there is a divine right in the sacredness of each of those spaces. And if we were to all honor that, I know I get it. It's hard. We're human, right? <laughs> but if for most of the time we were to remember and hold, hold that, that, that idea of connectedness and intertwinedness and sacredness, um, wow, wouldn't the world be, be a happier place? And so that's how we kind of thought about sacred spaces was, that energy and intertwining, and I would think mind, body, and home, and that was kind of how I thought about it, and bringing your best self to all of those individual spaces. After writing the book, I think I feel it even more boldly in my heart, the interconnection and collectiveness of that, right? I think I always thought of it more of like as my own sacred space, even though I was saying collective, but once the book came together and we were able to watch other people bloom and other people write their stories and become intimately involved with some of their stories and their tools and, 
and what the writing of the chapters actually meant to me, sacred spaces expanded for me, right? It was less about the intertwining of all these individual pieces and more about the wholeness of one. Um, and that, yes, we all have a role in that, but that the sacredness is, is really about the uniqueness of each of the individuals and how it comes together to feel connected. Um, I hope that makes sense. It's just, for me, in my mind, it used to feel more like pieces. And I was like, yeah, I own all these pieces. And now it feels, even just from the book and even what I do in my practice with clients, it just really gelled together that the sacredness is more about a collective and how we choose to show up uniquely uh, and shine our light in that space. You know, Colleen, I'm going to piggyback on that because I no. think it's really very beautiful. And in um, my private Facebook group called The Writing of the Book, I use the analogy a lot, and I've even written um, poetry about the kaleidoscope. To me, life is like a kaleidoscope, right? Mm -hmm. With many different pieces, our lives are many different facets, many different aspects. And every time you shift, when you grow and you shift that kaleidoscope, pieces fall away and new pieces appear. But they're always a beautiful image. It's all perspective, right? So I always thought of sacred spaces, too, as being, you know, our body, our mind, and our soul. And for me, it was finding something close to balance for all of those pieces, because I don't think anybody is ever truly balanced, right? It, it were works of art. Um, and it's also my home, my home being an extension of myself and how I decorate it, because that's my safe sanctuary. That's my place to be able to find peace, to be able to meditate, to have that quiet stillness where I get the downloads from the universe, where I could tap into that vibrational force field. So it's important to me. I like to have my crystals around and my incense and burn my candles and all the rest. But also sacred space, when it comes to my heart, is the love I give to others. And that to me is like the most sacred of all, because that to me is what life is all about. How many souls do you touch on your journey while you're here and have been able to lift in, in the past? And having that love be unconditional and cherishing it and knowing how precious it is, that to me is sacred. So you're right. It's not one particular aspect. It is the totality of all of it combined together. And I think your book and the authors in the book have all been able to shine a light on that and have, it's helped us to all grow together, which is so beautiful. I love that. I love both of your, your feelings and your takes on that. So Colleen, I want to ask you, what is the main takeaway you want readers to take from your story and from this book? Mm. That question is actually the, one of the main reasons it was so important for me to not write my own book, but to write a collective book. And the answer to the question is that we are all here together. If one person picks up this book and feels connected or that they have a new tool or that hmm, maybe I am enough, or maybe, you know, I do have a bit of badassery or amazingness in me. You know, if there's a little bit of a light that gets shown on them, truly the takeaway from the story is to feel connected, to feel that we're together, to feel that you are whole and enough. And listen, that may not always be easy work, right? So to also understand that it's a journey. You know, in my story, I make it very clear that it wasn't a light bulb moment. 
that all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm going to be okay from my childhood trauma, right? It was a slow trickle. I think I even maybe used those words. Um, so for a reader to pick up this book, and whether it be from my story or one of the other beautiful and amazing authors in the book, for them to know that we are here in this book trying to be vulnerable and to show and tell what it is that we have learned in order for you to feel connected, in order for you to maybe find um, a place where, yeah, we're, we're in this together and, and maybe a, a moment of inspiration. So really, that's what it's for. Uh, that's really what, for me, I hope a, a reader is able to take from the story. Anyone that's a wonderful, I think that's a wonderful takeaway. It really is. And, you know, it's funny because in all of the different stories, there's healing in reading somebody else's story because you know you're not alone. Right. So often when we have these traumas, these difficulties in our lives growing up, things from our childhood that weren't resolved, there is that lonely aspect of feeling like nobody understands what I went through or what it feels like now especially when your parents not there for you to resolve things or whatever. And you find that the resolution comes from you. Mm -hmm. That's that's you know, for me, that's that sacred space. It's within you of, of letting go. You know, I used to have a God box and I would throw anything that was bothering me. I'd write it down, throw it in there. And every six months I'd take it out and burn it. And I would be like, that's it. I'm just letting it go. Cause I can't do anything with it. There's nothing for me to do. I'm just letting it go, giving it to God, let the universe take care of it. It works for me. But I do feel that in reading this, you see that there's a peace in knowing someone else understands mm. even without talking to them. Yeah. You know? it, I love how you said that and kind of summarized it because for me, it, it really is that it's like this awareness piece that, Oh, I'm not alone. Right. And then the second part of everybody's chapters is this action piece. Mm -hmm. So as you read and feel connected or have this awareness or, or maybe just even a little feeling, right? Just trusting the feeling in your body or your heart to say, oh, I'm aware of the fact that there's somebody else that can relate to me or I can relate to. And then you flip the page to the back portion of the chapters and there's a set of tools that say, here's a few ways now that, okay, now you don't necessarily feel alone. And that's a nice feeling, but then how do I get that to stick, right? And so moving into action. And I'm going to pun it to Lisa because Lisa does a beautiful job at the action of manifestation. And so I'll stop there because I want to hear Lisa's shiny, bright answer too. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I started the chapter, chapter two that I wrote in the book with the expression, life is a journey. And I believe there are many journeys experienced in one lifetime. Some tend to think life is happening to them. But as the question goes, what if life is happening for you? And quite frankly, I think sometimes people have preconceived notions when they may see you at this point in your life and think that everything was rainbows and unicorns. But, you know, I, I hope that this book, um, and I think for all of the chapters that I've read, that it points out that no matter where you come from, where you've been, or the personal challenges you experience, that we all desire to live a life of passion and purpose. Mm -hmm. And I hope this book inspires the reader to realize not only are they not alone, but they do have the power within, and they need to be willing to do the work to self-excavate. You need to really get down to the nitty gritty and the 
beliefs that you may have about yourself, the things that you're holding on from childhood that may be blocking you, if you really want to live the life that you desire. And once you put that kind of energy behind creating the spark, then you've lit the torch of promise. And with focused intentions, backed by actions, you can't just will it into existence. You've got to be willing to do the hard work. And you have to be persistent and patient. But if you're willing to do all of that, you can achieve your dreams. None of us are better than anybody else. We're all here having our unique experience. But we all have that power within us. And it's about digging it out, digging out that passion and purpose. That will be the fuel that you need to take you to the next level. On that note, please think about what was just said here. We're going to take a quick break, say thank you to our sponsors, and we'll be back in just a moment here on Word of Mom Radio. She is brave. She is strong. She is you. Because you're that woman who's got a product or a service that you're looking to promote. Or you're out there seeking to support other women in business to help women learn, network, and build the businesses of their dreams. Because when you win, we win. We all know a survivor. Some of our friends and family have made it through difficult times. Some of us don't make it. Losing a loved one to cancer, a car accident, or any other unfortunate event can be crippling and unavoidable. But one of the hardest subjects to talk about is suicide. Too often, our youth decide that leaving this place is easier than facing the struggle forced upon them every day. More than one in four children go through some form of bullying or another. Most of us survive with scars, but for some... The inner demons created cannot be recognized or treated in time to ensure they make it through. Bullying in every form is very much avoidable. It starts with me, and it starts with you. This is Kelly Carius from No Such Thing as a Bully, reminding you to do your part when you see bullying happen. If you don't know what that is, call 403-447-4404 or go to nosuchthingasabully.com. Don't let the name fool you because stadiumbags.com has a line of clear bags that enable you to use your phone and your smart devices without removing them from your bag. Not only that, but the product is so good it'll stand up to the cleaning solvents that you need to use now to make sure that when you come home, you come home safely. So take a look at stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we're your clear choice because safety it's in the bag. And we're back here on Word of Mom Radio with Colleen Avis and Lisa Rankin, and we are talking about sacred spaces, subtle shifts for mind, body, and home transformation. So I want to ask you, if you could tell your younger self anything, Colleen, what would it be? I just get to say one thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, anything. I have a whole book of things I'd like to tell my younger <laughs> self. Oh, things I wish I could tell my younger self. Okay, here's what I know deeply about my younger years. And I'm going to say this was like me at 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, right before my father actually abandoned our family. I knew, I knew in my gut, right? Like I could feel in my gut that some of the choices that I was going to make in my life or started to make in my life as a result of this abandonment weren't right. So if I could tell my younger self one thing, it would be, please trust your intuition. She is your best friend. Treat her like she's all you have to lean into, right? It makes it actually 
chokes me up a little bit thinking about that, that to listen to her, to trust her, to welcome her into your life. And I did the exact opposite in that part of my life. And I, I didn't have the right tools, right? So there was a lot of pushing and, and suppressing of that. But this idea of being kinder to myself, trusting my intuition to know my worth, that that part of the journey, that that trauma that was occurring was just a blip in the screen of the journey and that there was so many beautiful opportunities that have come to fruition later. They have eventually blossomed. I just kept picking the buds off the vine so that the flowers couldn't bloom. Um, but to really lean in and trust your intuition and welcome, welcome that inner knowing, that voice that is so steady and so silent and so still and so right all the time to really trust that. Yeah, trust your intuition, Colleen. You got this. <laughs> Lisa, how about you? What would you be telling your younger self? Well, in my younger years, I grew up with a very violent alcoholic dad, and he was very critical and said horrible things, not only to, to me, but my siblings and my mother. And let's face it, we, are, we all know through science that from the womb to age seven, eight years old, the things that we hear leave imprints upon us. And that's where a lot of our limiting beliefs come from. And I would tell my younger self, you know, know your worth. Don't let anyone tell you that your dreams are unattainable. And don't let fear paralyze you either. You know, we all experience fear. I hear people on talk shows talk about being fearless. Um, honestly, there is a healthy fear that keeps us from dangerous situations. But when I look at those people that are successful, the one major difference is how they approach fear. And, you know, if they really are willing to lean into it and push through it and get over it because they're driven by something that means so much to them, which I equate to passion, then you can go for it and you can have everything and you could celebrate all the small wins along the way. It isn't an overnight process. It does take time, but everything does add up. And before you realize it, you look back and you've accomplished so much. And then you create a new goal for yourself. And I also think that, you know, you, you shift along the way and your purpose evolves too. So you know, you're not stuck in one place, and that's the beauty of having choice as a human being. But no matter what you do on your journey, try to infuse it with as much joy as possible. And don't let somebody else's story encroach upon your own. You are mm -hmm. here to have your own personal journey, make it worthwhile, and leave behind something that you can be proud of. Speaking of being proud of, what was it like for you to receive the Book of, of Peace award what tell us what it is and what that felt like um i'd be surprised if lisa also wasn't taking a deep breath because it was really an honor and quite humbling but i would not be doing our author group uh, the right service without pausing to first honor pamela Bellato, who is the CEO and owner of Women Who Do Wonders and Mission Wonder Woman. She is one of the authors in the book and it was her community and her collective and her deep desire to always lift others, always looking beyond just her own you know, sphere to, to make sure that everyone involved, not only in this book, but around her are being lifted and supported. And it was Pamela who brought us the opportunity uh, to receive this award. So 
you know, I, I share that because I want to shout out Pamela. She's one of the most um, interesting, brave, um, kind people I know. And also to kind of use her, if I can, as a, as a, as a light on what this book was about. In, in her, her generosity to the, the book for peace, um, that was exactly what we were trying to create in the book, right? It was this idea of bringing people together and, and lifting each other up. So thank you, Pamela. Sorry for that, but got to get that in. Um, the Book for Peace 2022 is an international award. It's in our, its sixth edition. You can find out more about them in booksforpeace.org. Uh, it's present in five continents, 61 countries around the world. And every year they honor numerous artists, writers, personalities from different religions, politics, social, humanitarian world who live for peace, right? The idea behind this is it's it is for peace. And the fact that we were recognized as a book or a tool that was trying to ripple out peace was even bigger than what I had been thinking about in bringing these people together. I knew it would bring people a sense, or I hoped it would bring people a sense of opportunity or connectedness or lack of loneliness, right? Like all those things that we've already talked about. When the award came to us for the book for peace, I in that moment realized that the opportunity that had come to us collectively to all come together, the power of collective, the power of people wanting to lift one another truly is an equation for greater peace in this world. So that's a little bit about books for peace. That's a little bit about how we got there. And definitely for me, that award, I, I, again, just so honored and so humbled to, to think that someone else saw us on an international level as trying to create peace in this world. Oh, amazing. It really is. It's and, amazing. And it's a <laughs> yeah. tremendous honor. It really, truly. So I want to flip it back. What was the most difficult part in the whole book writing process? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was, for me, it was, I, I'm a first time author. Okay, so, and I always considered myself a non-writer. So there are the obvious obstacles of that, both mentally, like preparing myself and, and putting myself in the right mindset that yes, you, yes, you are a writer, you're a communicator. Yes, you can do this, right? All of those pieces of the puzzle. But I think the most difficult part of the book writing process for me was the unfolding of emotions in all of the authors. So what you read in this book is not somebody's little teeny piece of their story. You are reading a piece of their heart. Every single one of these authors, most of us first-time authors, spend many, many, many hours with each, other, with each other, hearing each other's story, trying to help make sure that it was communicated in a way that felt genuine to them. And that process of unfolding of emotions for each of the writers, including myself, <laughs> myself was probably the most difficult piece. Retrospectively, I also think it's what makes the book a recipient of the book for peace. I think it's what makes the book accessible to others, right? It, it feels like you are entering a community of, of support and maybe a, a small piece of our story helps someone else. Um, but the, the uniqueness of each of the stories and wanting those stories for the writers to communicate their own emotion, that was no small feat. Worth all the hard work, but probably the most difficult part for me. Well, I just wanted to give kudos to Colleen because 
she is the main author and bringing all of these different personalities together. And I'm just going to circle back for a moment and talking about the books of peace and the importance of community and networking and having, and there are some men writers as well, but really having strong women that are all about collaboration that really do embrace the divine feminine. And that energy is about collaboration. And you mentioned Pamela Bellato and Pamela, I met her virtually as a follower of the writing of the book, which is our private Facebook group for women, with me and two of my co-authors, Ashley Black and Corey Minkus. And we just finished writing a book called Be, From Passion and Purpose to Product and Prosperity. And we use the writing of the book uh, and do our Thursday night version of a podcast, kind of this proof of concept to see what women out there really need, you know, before they get into the, the entrepreneurial journey. And Pamela had reached out to me and asked me to be on her board for Women Who Do Wonders. And it's an amazing organization. And I, I can't support them enough from sex trafficking down the line. They really shine a light in all the dark places that people don't want to talk about but are so important. And then she introduced me to Colleen. And I think I came in later in the book writing process, but I had just finished writing B and put 18 months into that. So this book to me was like, it was honestly, it was smooth and it was easy to be able to write a chapter because I had already been so engrossed in the writing mode and it just allowed my creative juices to flow even more. But because of community with Pamela, aside from Books for Peace, which of course is so humbling and I'm so proud of all of us for, for being able to say that we're a part of that. She also reached out because of her relationships and what her charity is all about and was offered to put this book, Sacred Spaces, in the swag bag for the pre-Oscar event. And we're thrilled about that because it's just more promotion and wherever we can get the book into people's hands that can make a difference, we're all for it and we stand behind it. So, yes, a lot of exciting things are going on that are humbling and we're so very grateful. I had a jaw drop on the Oscar swag bag. Yeah. Because that's a big deal. People don't realize that that's a really big deal Mm -hmm. to get into that. So really just, wow, unbelievable. So as we are wrapping up this conversation, what would you like to leave our listeners with, Colleen? (sighs) I'm going to read something from the book. I'd like to share maybe two things. The first one is a review on the back of the book. Um, And then I'll leave my message specifically to the reader. Um, A dear friend, a beautiful human being um, and a kind, kind soul, uh, Marielle Hemingway, did us the honor of reading this book before it was anything, right? Because we were looking for books on uh, reviews for the, the back of the book. And Marielle says this, sometimes fellow travelers you know and love and some you don't know but admire come together to share their experience and wisdom. That is what happens with this book, Sacred Spaces. A collective of wise travelers has joined hands, told their stories, and gifted us their personal calls to action in order for us to create our own sacred lives. Bravo, and thank you for these amazing wisdom keepers. And I read that not only to to express my gratitude to Marielle, um, but I love how she writes that we came together to join hands, to tell stories, share personal calls of actions in order to create your own sacred life. And so my hope is that each reader that picks up this book will have that same feeling that Marielle had, this 
inspiration or motivation or, or knowingness that um, you as the reader, you as the human being are a sacred space. And so I guess my true message to the reader is, and this is from the first piece of the introduction of the book, says, you are sacred space. You are perfect as you are, and there is nothing to fix. You are not broken. You are on a beautiful journey, and where and what you are matters. And so I wish that, with a little emotion and a little shake in my voice, truly, genuinely, and authentically, I wish that for you. I wish you to join us in Marielle's words of joining hands and sharing stories. And so I invite anyone to reach out to me and tell me their story. Um, feel connected. Know you're not alone. And whether my story is anything like yours or not, to always shine bright. So much love to everyone that has been here and listened today. Thank you. You choked me up, so I know you're being yeah. honest. <laughs> Lisa, what would you like wow. to leave everyone with? Wow. I'm going to read another review from our back cover of our book that really resonated with me. And I can only hope and pray that other readers feel the same way. And it's from Mitra Manesh, and she's the founder of InnerMap, and she's a mindfulness educator. And she wrote, reading sacred spaces felt like going home to 21 friends and deliciously listening to and learning from their intimate stories and knowings. My heart opened, my mind settled, and I now know 21 more beautiful souls in this world. Thank you for daring to share and sharing your dare. And if other readers feel the same way that they've met new friends, then I think we've been able to not only touch minds, hearts, and souls, but the totality of humanity, because that's what it's all about. I think we've forgotten our oneness with one another, and the world has become very divisive, and we need to get back so that we can shift to another level of ascension. And hopefully this book will help you realize that absolutely you are not alone. One chapter may resonate with you more than others. And maybe none of the stories are similar to your own unique journey. But to know that you can dig in and be able to truly overcome hardships in life and not get stuck in a victim mode, but really stretch yourself beyond that. And that there are people out there that are willing to help and have left their contact information if you need mentorship or the like. I think that's really important to learn different tools to make your life the beautiful creation it was meant to be. Awesome. So where can our listeners find your book? You can find our book in a couple of places. Um, you can find it on my website, which is subtle-shift.com. And I, I shout that out because if you purchase it directly through me, there'll always be a little extra love, love in the packaging. Um, so that's one place that you can find it. Um, you can also find it on Amazon. And you can also find it in a couple of uh, bookstores. If you're in Washington, D.C., um, Politics and Prose um, carries our book. Um, if you're in Stowe, Vermont, Bear Ponds Books um, carries the book. But my website and Amazon are probably the fastest ways, unless this Friday you're in the Washington, D.C. area. We have a book signing at a beautiful gift shop called To the Moon, Johanna Braden is a dear friend and owner. And so this Friday, the 12th, we will be doing a book signing. And if you're listening to this recorded and it's already passed, that's okay. You can still pop in there. And then secondly, we are very, 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 very excited. Actually, I'm going to let 
I'm going to let Lisa do this one because this is her hometown. We have a second book signing. Lisa, you tell us about that one. I'd love to. <laughs> Our second book signing is on Friday, February 25th, between 6 and 9 o'clock. And it is at the DeBilzan Gallery on Atlantic Avenue in downtown Delray, which is the number one fun town in the U.S. Um, and, these, and William and Elena are the owners, and they're amazing people and are hosting us as a venue there. And we will have wine and canopies and be signing books and videotaping, and it'll be a great opportunity to meet the authors and get a book on your own. So if that's something you're interested in joining, please feel free to stop by the DeBilzan Gallery and look at their gorgeous art to boot. So it'll be a really great evening. We are going to have links to the Delray book signing because this show is going to air after Washington, D.C., but before Delray. Really, if you are in that outlying, outlying area, you want to go to this. You want to meet these women in person and these authors in person. You really, truly do. Believe me, if I was going to be in Florida, I would so be there. I We'd really love would. for you to be there. This I'm is come on down. <laughs> but yeah, come on down. You know, you're always welcome. Oh, but yes, I, I it's would, exciting. I'd be there in a heartbeat. I'm actually committed to something from the end of February all the be all the way to the beginning of March. So, but believe me, you know me. I would hop in my car and be there in a heartbeat, especially to get to the chance to meet some of the amazing authors of this book because it really is a wonderful read. It, it truly is. And again, as I said, there are so many different things in there to remind you that you're not alone. You know, very often we feel like no one can understand. And you realize that lots of people can. We all can. Mm -hmm. the, the only thing that stops us from understanding is if you don't share. So we can't understand if we don't know. Colleen, Lisa, thank you so much for being here and sharing your journey with us. For all of you tuning in, thank you for spending your time with us. There will be links to connect with Colleen Avis and Lisa Vrankin on our site, links to get the book, and again about the book signing. I encourage you to reach out to these amazing women. They have so much to share. They really, truly do. So again, thank you both for being here today. Thank you so much, Jory. It's been such an honor, and we thank you for constantly shining your light and empowering others to be able to tell their stories. So many blessings to you and much love. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank you so much, Dory. And I loved what you said about asking people to reach out. Our contact is in the book. It'll be in your links. We truly mean it. Um, so thank you. Oh, my pleasure. I, and, it, you know, this is why I love what I do. I really do. I, I love the opportunity to be able to share such amazing women and the journeys that we are all on, because it is a collective. We are part of the universe together, and all of our energies matter. So with that being said, we're going to close out with our fabulous theme song from Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. So till next time, this is Dory DiCarlo saying go out and create a marvelous you. Bye for now. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong.
forever.